Hello, welcome everybody back to another episode of the SVT Sports Podcast. I am Vince in the driver's seat today with Tyler. What's up, man? Hey, hey, uh, Sam stepped away for just a hot second, but uh, he'll be back on shortly. We also happen to have Tim, our, uh, our our new amigo, hanging out. How's it going, Tim? Hey, going good. Glad to be right. back. Right on. Welcome back. Um, so, go ahead. Oh, so t- Tim, I, I heard that um, you watched like forty, like four hundred hours of sports this past weekend. So um, you're gonna basically fill us in with all the facts and information. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, like, I I get. I discovered this thing a long time ago, which was like, it was a watch that could stop time. And so, oh, yeah, nice. I totally caught up on the last like hundred years of sports. Like excellent. I am now the expert on the sports. Cool. Excellent. I, I have some questions about the 1935 world series for you. Um, no. <laughs> uh, I kind of skipped over that. The, oh. You know, the, there were a few years that I was right. like, ah, I don't need of course, to. Cover of that. course. Yeah, no, totally. I totally get that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, okay. So, uh, enough happy stuff. Let's, let's dive into some stat, sad stuff real quick. Um, uh, we're going to start with Brittany Griner, who was found guilty of illegal drug possession and smuggling and was sentenced to nine years. And basically, I mean, we, we've seen other comparisons to like, like people have put on Twitter, other comparisons, like some random white girl that nobody knows got like, yeah, a, like a, a warning, a slap on the wrist in like a month or something. And, was immediately sent back to America. Um, and I mean, there's, there's a bunch of situations like that. And it's, for, it's, it's really unfortunate that Brittany is being used as a political pawn right now. That's exactly what it is. And right now it sounds like the state department is hoping to do like a prisoner swap with her and one other guy for two basically war criminals. I, I don't know what exactly uh, those guys did, but yeah, it's not a good look um, either way. I mean, we need, we need to get her home, but, some bad dudes are going to be uh, released in exchange for her probably. And it's, it's not equal, but it, 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 it has to be done, I think. And, and uh, to, according to Russian law, and I, I do that in with quotations, you know, the, uh, according to Russian law here that if you're found with nine grams of cannabis um, or less, it's uh, I think it was like nine days or 10 days in jail. And if we were found with uh, six grams or less of oil, cannabis oil, it was the same fine or 10 days in jail, which Brittany Griner had less than a gram of oil on her. So it's clearly, obviously, to your point, it's a, a political statement at this point, but Russia is not even going by their own bylaws. Um, they're just using this as an unfortunate event to be able to make a statement that we want to get some of our guys out. We'll give you a couple of your people back. And uh, yeah, it sucks, man. I think when you, when you and I talked about this, about Brittany Griner, we were, I guess I didn't know the whole truth and I do this a lot and I should probably stop and like read more information, you know, but I was definitely one of those people that said, I was like, Oh man, how stupid of her to do that. You know, and the reality, if you think about it, like she was there because WNBA doesn't play their doesn't pay their players enough. And she was there in the off season to make some extra cash to pay, to be able to live with her and her family and her wife and everything of that nature. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's super unfortunate. I mean, I hope we can get her back safely. I mean, if it comes down to doing a war criminal deal, I mean, that's such a shit deal, but you got to do what you got to do, man. Let's not make her a, a poster child of how bad Russia is just because, you know, they're just terrible people. Yeah. Well, 
Putin's a son of a bitch. Okay. Well, yeah. okay. So does this relate to, um, you know, the, the scan, the, the drug scandal, the drug testing scandal in the Olympics, like is Russia somehow uh, using this as a, a, an opportunity to say the United States is like just as guilty of this as we are. No, no, no. Because those are just, those are performance enhancing drugs. And this is like, you know, like a, a little bit of hashish oil. So it's, okay. it's totally different. So, yeah. Okay. Cause the, uh, I mean, good. they could frame it in that way where they're just like, Hey, look, it's drugs. It's like, it doesn't matter what substance it is. It's like, it's right. a drug. We consider it a drug, you know? Right. And I, I mean, the only way like to, to paraphrase the great Robin Williams, the only way it's a, performance enhancing drug is if there's a big fucking Hershey bar at the end of the court like <laughs> um, that would enhance yeah 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 that's the only way that's the only way but um, yeah so the, this is this situation sucks and uh, we just uh, we, we hope she's able to get home safely soon and uh, back to her wife and oh and a side note she can't even really talk about her wife because Russia's strict anti-lgbtq uh laws yep. in place so no. um so th- that's just a whole other can of worms that is it, it, it's just shit on top of shit on top of shit in this whole si- shit situation sandwich yeah it, uh. it seems like there's a lot of layers here and it's like if it you know like you said if it was like a, a white girl that it might be a completely different story you know who mm-hmm. or it might have uh, been covered in a different way you know? oh absolutely yeah but mm. uh yeah Oh, okay. That feels gross. Let's talk about something that's, you know, whimsical, but still kind of weird and odd. This is is still kind of gross, too. It's still a little gross, but it's it's a different kind of gross. It's not war crime gross. It's uh, Kevin Durant's ultimatum. Uh, uh, This broke earlier today that he's basically demanded that uh, the Nets fire head coach Steve Nash and general general manager Sean Marks or to trade him. And uh, he told that to the owner and the owner was like in London. So they did it like over a teleconference or whatever. Um, so you tell me that we went from like hash oil to like a snake getting out of its old skin to its new skin is what you're trying to tell me. I I, I do not want to um, bash Kevin Durant as much as possible. Like I, I still respect his talent and his ability to, you know, change a game, but also this is kind of, not awesome looking for him so i mean i'm uh, i i'm probably one of the few guys that is not trying to get you know uh hit up by his um uh his his uh burner twitter accounts right now <laughs> all, all I'm 17 to, of them yeah yeah i'm not trying to like get get on the bad side of this right now of his uh, thing but to be fair uh, when you say fire the head coach and the general manager, cause I don't like the direction of this team or trade me. Um, well, it, he, it, one way to look at it is he's opened up the window to staying because before it, it was just trade me. Now it's like, it, if you want me to stay, this is how you get rid of this. is This is how you make it happen. Although it's that, that feels extreme. Um, it especially feels this late in the game. lightweight, like LeBron James with David Blatt. That's yeah. kind of what it feels like. And David Black got fired midway through the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were Ty underperforming. Lou. Yeah, that's when Tyler yeah. took over. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, they were underperforming. But to be fair, it's not like David Black had the morale of the uh, of the locker room. It was more like LeBron James locker room, you know. So uh, it's what it kind of feels like. I think that's unfortunate because 
I don't think Steve Nash is a bad coach, nor do I think he's a great coach. People who thought he was like the next coming of, of Steve Kerr, because, you know, he just seemed to follow the footsteps of Steve Kerr and pop and that kind of coaching tree. I don't think that's, that's necessarily true. He didn't really come straight from pop. And I think Steve Kerr's, I think we, we underestimate him quite a bit as a coach, especially this, yeah. this season should explain a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely feel that Kevin Durant giving an ultimatum like this, it's kind of a, it's kind of a shitty thing to do. You know, I think um, if anything, it just goes to show you how dysfunctional the nets really are. And two years ago, including this year when they made the playoffs, actually, yeah, it was just a complete fluke at this point that they were able to even stay together for this long. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how this shakes down. Obviously this is something that broke today. We record, we're, we're recording Monday afternoon, early evening. So, um, plenty of time for this to get more and more exciting as we go through the week. And, uh, we'll have an update for you next week on how this uh, ends up turning out. Hopefully (laughs) if it ends. Yeah. I, I know that Toronto's still a top team. I don't know why. Right. I mean, I I think they're just highly interested. Uh, Boston, Toronto, Miami, those are your top contenders uh, according to Shams Carmina on uh, the athletic Uh, Boston had that trade package in place. That involved Jalen Brown, I think. Um, yeah. And, and and that was kind of pissing off Jalen Brown a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown's gone after his contract is up in like two years. But I think that was in place, and then they ended up getting Brogdon instead from Indiana. So that KD thing went out the window. I still think it's out the window at this point, unless yeah. they're willing to trade. Though you can't trade Brogdon because they just signed him. So I guess in this case, they would have to. I mean, I guess they could do a sign-in trade. I don't know. It gets sticky. Let's just say I don't think Boston's in play. If Toronto's still in play, great. I don't know what they have. And the reason why I don't think Miami's in play is because Katie wants to go there if only like four of the players are still there, which those four players that he want are all the top value players as far as money asset goes. So yeah. I don't know how it's going to work out. That's not, that's not going to uh, – I, I don't think that's going to fly. And, I mean, we'll just have to see uh, do, if – if these guys don't get fired and they don't trade Kevin Durant, what's what happens next? Is he going to hold out a camp is, you know, how, how is this going to go down from there? Can you um, imagine it's going to be so awkward back to back years with players holding out because of certain reasons, obviously Kyrie because of COVID reasons. And then mm-hmm. Kevin Durant the following year. Oh my gosh. Oh, that, that, that actually, that reminds me. Um, uh, it, it was just announced earlier today as well. I don't even have this in the show doc. I, I just uh, thrown this out there. Um, the NBA is officially still maintaining that rule that to play in Toronto, in Canada, you have to um, be vaccinated or you have to have a medical reason for not doing it. Not a religious reason. or mm. you know, None of those exemptions. So um, Kyrie is not going to be able to play in Toronto. Um, this coming year and you know, whoever else. Uh, and, and I, and I imagine that rule is also going to be in place for the NHL, but the NHL in like their entire league, I think there were five dudes who weren't vaccinated the entire year. So, yeah. I mean, much less of a problem. Those teams are a lot bigger too. You're looking at 23 guys on the active roster versus well, the 15. A lot of those guys too also play in um, international in the off season as well. So, 
and I'm sure there's a lot of COVID reasons that they need to be vaccinated to go play overseas as well too. Oh, so yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, you get in your uh, World Junior tournaments and things like that. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. But hey, um, nostalgic coming back. I said yep. you just put this here. Yeah, I, I I just thought about it now. Uh, the Warriors turn into the local team. Our boys are going to be donning the Run TMC jerseys uh, off and on throughout this next com- upcoming year. They actually had Chris Mullen put it on, put on a little chain and his glasses, and it looked it was, ridiculous. It was such an awkward commercial. It was, it's so weird, but um, I love it, man. I, I, I it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see those uh, jerseys back uh, this year. Um, you also get Cal and Michigan State jerseys. That's true. I mean, uh, Michigan, Michigan. Yeah, the Michigan, Sorry. not not. Please don't not, murder not, me. Yeah, not not Sparty. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just want I just want us to wear those jerseys when Jalen Brown comes in town. Maybe we can, you know, stir up some like PTSD of how bad that Cal team was, and he oh. was like subpar. The, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, could be fun. You know, poke the bear a little bit. You know, it's funny. Is poke I the find golden that, bear. Yeah. Right. I find that some friends actually don't really want the run TMC jerseys back. Like they just like the nostalgic of the original run TMC and they don't want to see new players names on it. I'm intrigued and wondering like what other people think too. So maybe we should throw out a Twitter poll too. Maybe, but I mean, I I'll tell you one thing I, uh, they they've brought back almost every other era. Why not the run TMC? That's the only one that they haven't hit in recent years at this point. So I mean, uh, I'll take it over. It. I'll take it over those ugly, uh, uh, I don't know, rainbowish white uniforms that they had a couple of years back. I think in the oh in the yeah, bubble. yeah, those what were was, horrible. Yeah, what was that? Oh, <laughs> that that's the thing that they put out so many jerseys every year. The NBA does a really good job of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it also makes me wonder what other jerseys are going to be debuted. Like you said, Detroit. we have to call it. We have the call. Oh, Detroit's going back to those. Uh, the teal ones from the, from the I 90s. love those. I uh, want you know, those. You know, I love the color teal. If it was like, 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 and that's what I love is I love the color teal. It, yeah. Like, honestly, I don't think the jerseys look all that great except for there's teal on it. And that's what makes it look great because teal is an awesome color. Um, I, but, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm, uh, if if, if it was, if it was any other color besides teal, I think those jerseys are heinous, but. Um, the teal helps. The teal helps a lot. I might have to cop me a Detroit jersey. Maybe I'm a, not a Ben Wallace jersey. <laughs> oh, ha- have at it, man! My man, you're um, good luck with that. You're trying to buy. Uh, you're trying to plan a wedding, aren't you? You got to save a little bit of cash. I don't think you can buy every jersey. Um, this is true. Someone, this is true. As someone who just spent an an inordinate amount of money, just too much money on a wedding, like yeah. don't don't buy the detroit jersey just save your ducats man i i said i was gonna i was thinking about naming uh our fantasy football league uh uh vince's uh gofundme wedding debt fund (laughs) (laughs) all right is it to the point where they're they're releasing a jersey every year because like i mean back when i was growing up it seemed like the jersey was the jersey and maybe they changed it up every once in a while but it like well, yeah, um, every year they do so, like there's probably like four or five alternate jerseys that the NBA does where they, um, you know, it's like honoring a past team or they're uh, like like 
uh, the Warriors had like the the Chinese New Year ones, and like so they they wore like these Chinese inspired jerseys. Wow. Um, Don't forget, for, the Warriors are going to get a Christmas uni this year too. Oh, that's right. Yep, uh, they play on Christmas Day. You get a special uniform as well. Ah, uh, man, it's kind of. I mean, is this like a cash grab or something where they're like, yeah, just keep oh, yeah. 100%. going. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Um, hey, but, hey I, I just want to make sure that like, I, you know, it's like, yeah, that, that seems excessive, guys. But as, as long it as it looks money. good. Yeah, hey, if, as if, long as it looks good, man. If Nike's going to put up the money to be the uh, the forefront of the jerseys, the, you damn right. They're going to grab any single penny they can get from from uh, from fans. Oh. Every single penny. And I might buy a Christmas uni. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I might buy one. There you go. If it's cool, it'll sell. Yeah, it's true. Sam, what do you think about the run TMC jerseys coming back? I'm okay with that. Um, it's the uh, <clears throat> those UC Berkeley jerseys. <laughs> I was yeah. not a fan of. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Christmas jersey. I got to see it. And you know, Nike. As soon as Nike got the uh, the rights to to the jerseys in the NBA, we knew this was going to happen. And, you know, Nike now has the rights in the MLB to do their jersey. And we're starting to see the City Connect jerseys in MLB. Um, they don't make those jerseys for all MLB teams. Um, kind of like only the the good teams. So that's why <laughs> the A's don't right. have one right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the A's do have the, uh, the super clean uh, uh, Kelly Green uh, jersey, though. So mm-hmm. um, That's true. Well, I mean, even look at uh, when Nike – pretty much controlled all of Oregon's football team uniforms. Look at how many helmets they have and how many uniforms they have. It was and a they're new actually uniform. pretty good. It was a new uniform every game. And and yes, yeah, so, yeah uh, most of them I say like look pretty good. I mean Nike University really um uh, had some cool designs. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. All right. It's almost time. We got about a month left. That's like right. you've been doing your mock draft boards and is everyone doing this? I'm sure everyone here has done about five of them already, you know? Um, yeah. I haven't done one. I haven't yeah. done one at all. I, I've, I've actually probably done legit me. I've probably done about 10 mock drafts or so. Um, uh, Cause I'm in a couple of different leagues. So I um, try to, you know, like, like test for different things. What's going to be available with a 10 team or versus an eight team or versus a 12 or whatever. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so we're talking football for those of you who haven't, who haven't figured it out yet. Um, the season is upon us and we've had some uh, mini camp fights break out. Um, we've had, um, my, we've had injuries. It's basically landmine season. Um, every, every day there's going to be some alert. Oh, this guy tweaked a hammy. Oh, you know, or this guy, uh, he, he's limping. He's got a leg thing or his, uh, he went down funny uh, like uh, on his arm. And I mean, so every day there's a new injury coming across the uh, a little updates I get. So it's, it, it's training camp season guys. These are, uh, this is tis the season. Um, I mean, how you guys feel about it? I mean, do you think it's good, bad for the team? You think it's distracting? You think they shouldn't have fights in them like this? I mean, one guy had three fights in one game or one practice and got kicked out of practice. And then there was another fight today. This is the the 49ers, right? Like just in general, there's there's been tons of, of fights across the league in many camps. Yeah. There was the uh, Fred Warner Brandon Ayuk uh, little kerfuffle uh, last yeah, week. I've heard it quite a bit coming out of the 49ers camp. Um, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't really think it's going to destroy a team. I mean, if they're that fragile, then you didn't really have that great of a culture to begin with. If, if that's going to implode your team that uh, scrimmages and practices are getting so rough that, uh, you know, that creates a locker room problem, then that team probably wasn't going to be very good anyway. Um, I don't want to say I like it. You know, you kind of want to have some camaraderie and, and you, you know, but at the same time, you also, you want to have uh, some competition. I mean, punching each other. I know uh, Shanahan had to kind of shut down practice and, you know, everybody had to take a knee and he, you know, had some words, whatever. Um, hopefully they can use it as a, as a moment to come together uh, for that team. But, you know, it is what it is. I ain't got a problem with it. I don't think it's going to tear a team apart personally. Yeah. yeah. I don't either. Um, but if, but if you're having three fights in one day, okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm calling practice. Sorry. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. I'm pulling you in. I'm pulling the team in. This, this is absurd. Come on, strike guys. Out, strikeout rules. Three fights and you're out. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're working on things here. I want the emotion. I want the fire. I want the passion, but I don't need three fights, especially because we're playing together. Come and on, yeah, it's, it's early in training camp. I mean, I, you hope that these fights, these guys can, uh, you know, they'll, they'll put it behind them. They'll work together. They'll grow as humans and um, they'll hold pinkies as they go have dinner. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, We'll see what happens going forward. Um, uh, so, Sam, your boys were uh, playing on uh, Thursday, this past Thursday in the uh, Hall of Fame game. Yeah. How much of it did you watch and what did you like? What did you not like? <clears throat> I did. I watched the first half. Um I watched the first half. I was impressed. Um, You know, the Jaguars ran out uh, pretty much their starting defense and starting offense. So did the Raiders outside of the quarterbacks. Um, We saw, we saw pretty much starters. Uh, uh, Jacobs for the Raiders looked really good. Um, He's playing for a contract. There's rumors that he might get traded. Uh, Josh McDaniels came out today and adamantly said that he's not going to get traded. Um, so I, I think they declined that uh, that uh, player option or a team option to bring him back next year to kind of, you know, he's had some injury problems. He's extremely talented, but he's had some injury problems. So I think they kind of did that, hoping that he'll play his way into a new contract. Um, I think offensively, what I'm excited for is, I think Derek Carr's a, a good quarterback. He's obviously not, and Aaron Rodgers at this point, you win a Super Bowl, the narrative changes, right? Um, I think he's a really good quarterback. You guys know my issues that I have, especially with these these fumbles. Um, that's the major gripe I have, but you added Devontae Adams. You have a good wide receiver core. This may be the best collective running backs that Josh McDaniels has had in an offensive system, even with – you know, New England's have always had a, a good running game. They've had a, a 1A running back, but the drop-off to the number two and number three running back, they've kind of had specialty backs. They got a legitimate stable of running backs, and the their rookie looks really good. Um, they're deep. They're offensively deep. Some of the draft picks that they had this year uh, for the offensive line look really good. I think the the information that's being installed as an offensive scheme looks 
advanced. It lo- they look like they're on the same page. I can't wait to see it with Derek Carr. Um, defensively, um, their defense, the scheme just looks more advanced. It looks like they're actually, you know, doing something. There's movement. There's communication. Um, you know, they look like a professional defense where in years past, how often was it just like the defense was just constantly getting beat? Uh, so I think that was like one of the number one things I took was that the defense was making adjustments. Um, the defensive coordinator, uh, Patrick Graham, he may only be there one year because there's already a lot of talk that he was, you know, he's a potential head coaching candidate. So when they hired him, there was already rumors that he's going to only be here one or two seasons because he is going to be a head coach at some point, which I would love to have him here, but if he can help us become a a top five defense in the next one to two seasons, that would be amazing. Um, The thing that is really most impressive to me about the whole team was they just looked disciplined. They played fast. It's only a preseason game. Um, but like I said, there were, you know, there were starters playing starters. It wasn't a bunch of scrubs, um, you know, so I, I was impressed with them, but we'll see how it goes. I'm just glad that football is back. I'm ready to see the other teams. Um, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump into the season, but I was definitely impressed. Right on. Um, you got anything, Tyler? No, I mean, it was great. I, I, I kind of ruled out Jacobs as one of my uh, maybe second or third round pick in my draft, but he, he may have solidified himself in a, in a second, second round if, uh, if he comes my way. So um, no, I, I did please want to point do out that. that. Please do that. Please. Yeah, he might, he might. Well, <laughs> I'm, it depends on where I draft. I'm really low on the pecking order. The good running backs are going to be gone. So there's not gonna be much left. That's always been the biggest issue when you play fantasy is good running backs are gone. Good quarterbacks are gone. Good luck. Pretty much. See? Okay. Um, but that because I do want to point a funny story that Hunter Renfro is no longer allowed to call Ubers for the team anymore. Um, oh yeah, he got kicked out. He got <laughs> oh really? What happened? What did he do? They, were, they, they went to uh, go to Top Golf. It was Devontae Adams' uh, car. I forget who the other kid is. I think it was like the rookie running back or, or something like that. And then also Hunter Renfro. Hunter called an Uber for guys that are clearly all over six feet tall. And they look like if they got into a car accident, you were losing all of the star players. Their knees were touching their chins inside of this car. Oh, no. <laughs> he called like a, a regular Uber. He didn't go XL. He, should. he skipped out. Yeah. He skipped out the extra four bucks. Have you guys oh. seen some interviews with Hunter Renfro? This guy is like goofy. Like it's yeah. like me being in the NFL. Like this guy does not look like a professional athlete. Like there's some current interviews he has just done in the past, like two, three weeks and physically does not look like an athlete. He does not look chiseled. He doesn't look buff. He really looks like a dude off the street. Minus the, 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 the hair loss that's clearly evidently happening. (laughs) But he's a goofball. Like he's doing interviews and he just kind of goes along with it. Um, you know, clearly he's become a fan favorite with the the third and Renfro and uh, his personality and his kind of all shucks you know, personality. But he <laughs> is a hell of a wide receiver. And, you know, Devontae Adams, pretty much anybody playing next to that guy is going to be the number two option. 
Um, but I mean, him, Hunter Renfro was really good last year. Darren Waller, now Devonte Adams. I'm super juiced for this wide receiver core. You know, I I tell you, I I'm thinking about uh, Josh McDaniels was the uh, offensive coordinator in New England when Randy Moss was putting up 47 tugs in three yep. years, including that 23 touchdown season. Um, and Wes Welker, I, I think it was Wes Welker. Mm-hmm. He was the he was the scrawny white guy that was running the slants and stuff the entire time. He he was. He was a relevant player as well. So um, you got you got Hunter Renfro and obviously Devontae Adams is a true number one caliber wide receiver. So it could be a lot of fun uh, watching this uh, this Raiders team. So I, I want to tease something to to Vince here. Um, so Matthew Stafford has come out and I guess he did some throws and he, he looked OK. But they're saying that he basically has a baseball type elbow injury. Uh-oh. To me, that tells me one thing, that he could possibly be getting a Tommy John surgery, which all I'm saying is that if he's out because he has to get an elbow surgery and the 49ers release Jimmy G, is he going to L.A.? If L.A. ends up needing a quarterback, yeah, that, that would probably be Jimmy's desired landing spot if, if L.A. is on the table. Um, that being said, I don't think Ellie's on the table because Matt Stafford, his entire career, and anyone in Detroit will tell you, he's always had minor injuries of some kind, and he's always played through it, and he's always played pretty well through it. So until I actually see the name Dr. James Andrews, I'm not worried about Matt, uh, uh, Matt Stafford uh, and his ability on the field. As a 49ers fan, I'm worried because he's the quarterback on the Rams and that that's a whole other thing. But, um, I agree I'm not worried there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree yeah. with Vince. Like he, Matt Stafford is nails. I mean, that dude is, he's been tough as nails. Even when he was in college with Georgia, he had injuries. What, and, wasn't he playing with a broken back a couple years ago in Detroit? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> that dude is, I mean, yeah, I don't like that. He's on the Rams. Cause I don't like the Rams, but I have a hundred, hundred and, 10% respect for him at the quarterback position. Um, I mean, what was the talk about him in Detroit is his career is being wasted, you know, and he got a Super Bowl and now he's considered a really good quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback because he finally got that chip. Um, you know, and now Matt Ryan is trying to do that. <laughs> in, Indianapolis. in Indianapolis. Yeah. That's not happening. Well, Matt Ryan has an MVP already. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, you've got a, uh, I think they're, they're, a to- they're like a top offensive line uh, compared to what he was playing behind in Atlanta last year. Um, Iceman, Matty Ice. Is, that's not yeah. happening. It's not yeah, happening. I mean, I, I'm not saying he, uh, Matty Ice is winning the MVP this year or nothing, but. I could see him having a much better year than he did last year. And last year he was not terrible. He wasn't the reason the the Falcons were, where were they? Five and 12. Or I mean, that whole like roster that. just kind of bottomed out and the franchise, I think just hit a wall. I mean, yeah, they're going to be does really it, terrible this year. Probably. Yeah, um, I would imagine. So probably a four win team. Does it? Oh, well, I, I, I gave him six. So <laughs> does it do bother like- you? that Jimmy G is probably going to be released on August 30th around 1 p.m. and that you didn't get anything for him. You know what? It it does a little bit, but I mean, 
it, it is what it is. I mean, right now the Browns may still need a quarterback because uh, the, the Deshaun Watson situation uh, is going to get a lot worse because the NFL has officially appealed that decision. And so the, uh, Roger Goodell is appointing somebody to look at Isn't it. Isn't it crazy the- how yeah. <laughs> we're cheering for Roger Goodell right now? Yeah. We're applauding the NFL right I now feel- for doing the right fucking thing. Isn't that it feels crazy? Gross. It feels gross that I'm cheering for Roger Goodell to, you know, like he, he did. This is the right move that they should have done when when that judge said six games like I was like, please, Roger Goodell. I did hear do the thing. And he did the thing. I did hear something about this. Uh, shoot. I'm blanking on the the. The woman's name who was the judge in this thing, Sue Robinson, I think Sue her name Robinson, was. she gave him the the six games. But she also, in her report, outlined a roadmap for the NFL to use um, to basically suspend them indefinitely. Who does she think she is? Um, Robert Mueller? Like, well, there's been reporters saying that, like, she gave him the six games and there's a lot of, um, you know, controversy of, like, what she's saying. But essentially, she delivered what what the NFL wanted her to deliver is that they have the option to suspend him indefinitely. And then Roger Goodell had the option to be the 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 jury, but he right. gave it to another judge. Um, I, I'm the, okay with I'm okay with that though. And the only no, reason I, is because Roger does not have a good track record of being the judge. I'm okay with it. Well, I think yeah. I think he's doing that because he can wash his hands of it. You know, um, that's it. He can wash his hands of it. And um, in the past, you know, Roger Goodell, you know, he's he was suspended Ray Rice two games. You know, yeah. Um, and look at the backlash he got for that. And you know, the NFL Players Association is talking about they're going to sue the NFL and this and that. And it's like you're going to lose. You know, you could take this to court. You're going to lose because this is a collective bargained agreement that you have. So this is all fair game. You know, the 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 courts are not going to want to the courts are not going to want to entertain this. You have collectively agreed to this system. You were upset in the old system that Roger Goodell was judge, jury, and executioner. Uh-huh. So you allowed him to put it to a you know, to a, to a third party. And then he has the option. If he doesn't agree with the suspension or the discipline, he can step in and, you know, what we're seeing here with Watson, you can't be mad at that. You agreed to this, you know? Yeah. So again, it's crazy that we're, we're over here giving uh, Roger Goodell and the NFL a standing ovation for uh, taking a stand against uh, this BS. He shouldn't be in the league. And it's Cleveland's dumbass fault for giving him this contract 100% guaranteed. <laughs> and backloading idiots. it too, backloading all that money. So purposely, that way, and yeah. they purposely did it this way so that if he got suspended this season, he doesn't, lo- he loses a couple million, you know, but all the money starts the second year that he's in Cleveland, you know? So get rid of this guy, get rid of him. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But I do believe Jimmy will be 
a Brown before a Ram. But if he doesn't get suspended, he will be a Seahawk. And you will see him, what, two, three times, four times, four times a year? It's no, two. two. It's two. Two, two. That's right. You'll see him one two. Home, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking basketball. Sorry. Yeah. yeah you will um, see him two times. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take Jimmy to learn the playbook or whatever. I would imagine that they just throw him in and start him right away. Um, uh, if uh, wherever he goes, um, because they need uh, Seattle, especially that team's quarterback situation with um, uh, another podcast calls him Mr. Irresponsible Drew Locke. Um, yeah. So uh, if yeah, I'm that's Jimmy, a- I want to go to Seattle because I mean, obviously if, Matt Stafford's hurt and he and I'm Jimmy Garoppolo I and I could choose where I go I want to go to the Rams because I could probably beat you I could beat the 49ers twice with that defense um I don't think he's going to go to the Rams because I think Matt Stafford's just going to play through it and we may not see him at all during the preseason um so I think we we may not see Matt Stafford until you know the first game of the season and he's going to tough it out so I think if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I get cut and I get to choose. I'm going to Seattle yeah, because I know the language. I know the terminology. And Kyle Shanahan is not going to change his verbiage because of this one individual. So right. I think Jimmy might have a shot to be at Seattle. And be I don't think Seattle's really yeah. – I don't think Seattle's anywhere near being a contender. But they could be spoiler, you know. I mean, even if you split, you know, you just ruined it. You've ruined their season. One, I mean, it's a 17 game season. That is not a lot of games. Um, to you know, you can if you make a mistake, you know, that's the difference between winning the division and being the wild card team having to go play on the road. The NFC West is gonna be tough, like super tough. The Rams, the Rams are the defending champs, and like no matter what, they're the champs. They're defending champs. They and they didn't really lose anything on their roster. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, they they lost Odell Beckham in that injury in the Super Bowl, but then they replaced him with Allen Robinson, who right. <laughs> I suspect was dogging it in Chicago because he wanted out. Yeah, makes sense. And then you got I mean, Arizona. I yeah. Oh, who who he carried his way out of that little contract deal that he uh, got that he had to watch four hours of videotape per week. Oh, Kyler's ridiculous. Little, uh, and then, and then, and then, uh, what's their coach? Um, uh, I'm uh, drawing Cliff like Kingsbury. Cliff King. Yeah. So I love what he did this past week. He basically gave Kyler the full reign, said, All right, you want to be the head coach and you want to be the quarterback? Go for it. And Kyler, you know, fumbled the whole thing and wasn't great. And he's talking over everyone. And you know, he, Cliff came out and said, it's fucking hard to be a head coach. He goes, it's it's hard to do play calls. So that's why he gave it to him. And he said that, I'll tell you right now, if Kyler was my quarterback, I wouldn't want to play. Oh, no, no. If Kyler was my head coach, I wouldn't want to play for him. <laughs> man, Dysfunctional? Love. Dysfunctional? Tough, maybe. Tough love, man. That's that's the nice way of spinning that. Um but All yeah. right. Uh, hey, new acquisitions, though. I do want to point out, you know, people coming into the new homes. Juan Soto has not impressed me, but he's just been kind of run of the meal guy. But man, San Diego, like, even though they lost and they got swept by the Dodgers this past series, 
it felt good like just to see that atmosphere of a, a a hot name coming into a team and like every game feels like a playoff atmosphere every single game i mean even degrom pitched for like the first time this year and that felt like oh, a yeah. playoff second, atmosphere second start you almost threw a perfect game yeah yeah um, i love yeah. it i love it i, I do want to touch base on the san diego thing i'm glad you brought that up yeah um because San, the San Diego Padres, for I mean, pretty much for our lifetime, I know they've had some seasons where they got to the World Series and they've had some competitive teams, but they've never been a destination. They've never been an it factor or it club. And they have an owner who is ranks in like the bottom half, bottom third of wealth, of personal wealth. But this guy is so committed to winning – and I heard an interview uh, last week, I want to say, where they were the 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 reporter was kind of talking about the owner of the San Diego Padres, and his lineage is actually part of the family that brought the Dodgers to L.A. He's not really oh. like affiliated with that family right now. Like they're they're it's he's kind of like a descendant, but he is committed to winning and he wants to go all in every single season and the biggest takeaway i got from this interview was that the san diego community was so heartbroken when the chargers left and but they had the padres and the padres being that they're all in the talk of the town is just all padres it has become a baseball town almost overnight and that's the opportunity that the a's have you're the only fucking <laughs> yeah. game in town. You're a fucking billionaire. Like, dude, just do it. Yeah, we right now, embrace you. Yeah, right now the Padres are in the playoffs. They hold the last wild card spot. They've lost four in a row, uh, but they they hold a one and a half game lead over the Brewers for that final wild card spot. I love I love how Vince called it as soon as you said pa- Padres. Ownership is bottom of the payroll. Vincent. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's gonna happen. Ah, uh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Um, okay. Well, is this is this a California problem? I mean, like no, it no, like... it's a singular man problem. Okay, one guy, John fucking Fisher. That's his Tim. name. Well, Tim. because you know, Just, Oakland uh, only has Tim. the Oakland A's now. Tim, you got an hour. You got yeah, you, you ready? You Let ready? Me give you the short version in sixty minutes. Let me catch my breath. Here <laughs> we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, I, I'm gonna buckle in. All right. <laughs> no, for real. I'll be. John Fisher's cheap, dude. I mean, he's a billionaire. John Fisher owns Gap. John Fisher owns Old Navy. John Fisher owns Banana Republic. This guy inherited billions of dollars from his family and makes mm-hmm. zero investment in the Oakland A's. You know, Tim, you don't know. There may be some people listening who don't know. MLB used to have this thing called revenue sharing. And for a number of years, the Oakland A's accepted those checks. And what is revenue sharing? It's welfare. It only went to the teams who didn't make money from TV deals and, you know, jersey sales and things of that nature. So teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox who made a lot of money would have to give a portion of their money into a pool. And that pool was divided up into teams. And the A's were constantly on this revenue sharing program. Then the program went away and now it's back. So the A's are accepting welfare. 
um, something that John Fisher has publicly as a as a politician has supported politicians um, who are against welfare for civilians, for people like you and me. He's against handouts. He's a major Republican donor. Um, he doesn't pay his rent for Old Navy, Gap, Banana Republic. He's in litigation because during the pandemic, he doesn't want to pay anything. But the stores are open. So this guy is just the, the epitome of what's wrong with wealth in this, in this country. You know, he has the ability to, to keep star players. He has the ability to keep players that fans are attached to. He chooses to run this team like a thrift store. He chooses to run this team, you know, the way it is. And over the course of the seasons, fans have turned their back on this because you know if you get attached to a person, to a player, you know they're going to be gone. That's why when you go to a game, you don't see – of course, there's fans wearing jerseys, but then there's all there's 80% of fans are wearing jerseys with no name on it because you know the player is going to be traded. I'm one of those. That's so, so sad. am I. That is so when you hear, when you hear about attendance problems, they're averaging, I think it's 8,500 a game, but that average is tickets sold. Not the average of butts in the seats. Right. So that's right. tickets sold. That could be online season tickets, and those people don't show up. I went to one game this year. I think they had an announced attendance of maybe 14,000, 15,000. That was, there was nobody there. There was like, I was like, there was nobody there. I could walk to grab a beer, nobody ahead of me. I was first in line every single time. That's I would say there was probably nice. about 4,000 people there when I went. But it's not because Oakland fans and East Bay fans don't want to support baseball. It's not that they don't want to be there. It's how many times do you have your heart broken? How many times are you going to like support something when you're not going to be supported, where you're just going to continuously throw your money at something and not get the benefit? Yeah. Uh, Tim, I, uh, my family was a season ticket holder family for years, almost two decades. And this year we did not buy back in because uh, we're tired of being gaslit. You know, they, they jack up the prices on season ticket holders. They get rid of a lot of the um, special perks that we used to have. And, and we knew that the team was going to be dog shit as well. So, I mean, at this point, it's like, I'm, I'm done spending money on something that's not going to bring me any joy. Um, So yeah, that's, yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and that's that's why like I've been more willing to be a Giants fan than I've been willing to be an A's fan. Cause like I hear you guys talk about all the trades that happen or like there was a great player and now they're gone. And I'm like, well, what's the point? Like honestly, what is the point of being a fan? And you know, my my sister-in-law is a diehard A's fan and she still is, you know, she still is a fan. But I'm just like, all right, like I just I don't get it. I, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, I want well, to be really, an A's fan. I really think we need to, as a, not us as a podcast, but fan bases really need to discuss what it means to be a diehard, you know, because there's diehard A's fans that still go. The, the 5,000, 8,000 that are still going, yeah, they're diehards. But 
to be a fan doesn't mean you accept the 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 trauma that we're going through you know um i have said this numerous times i say this all the time to people name a hall of famer that the a's have produced since billy beans reign when did he start vince 96 95 97 97 97 name a hall of famer since he's taken over i mean how many years has he been here not one not one player has he drafted or signed as a free agent is a hall of famer i mean the the closest thing in my personal opinion would be maybe a tim hudson a Miguel Tejada, a Jason Giambi. And Giambi wasn't even drafted by Billy Bean. He was already in the system. He traded Mark McGuire to promote Giambi from AAA. Giambi was a, a left fielder. Yeah, he was he was uh, playing spot starts in left field while right. Mark McGuire was on the team. You know, so Miguel Tejada, but you look at Miguel Tejada's numbers, it's not MLB Hall of Fame. It's maybe Oakland A's Hall of Fame. I just saw Eric Chavez looks like he's going to the A's Hall of Fame. Yeah, they just had that ceremony this past weekend. Yeah, you know, so it it's just disappointing. You know, Billy Bean is a part owner, and I think he's I think Billy Bean under the Hoffman and Shot years, I really respect him for what he did there because Hoffman and Shot had no money. You know, they 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 were not wealthy people they should have never owned the team when they bought the team from the Haas family they never should have owned it you know these people are the brokest ownership group in MLB history in in relative terms you know they they should never have owned that team so I respect what he did under that ownership however right now with John Fisher and with with Billy being being part owner he hasn't produced anything. When you look at the career of Billy Bean, it's one ALCS and you got your asses handed to you. And I don't want to hear it's a crapshoot. I don't want to hear, well, you never know. You know, I don't want to hear it. You've gone to one. Yeah, I would I'm listen to the crapshoot talk if you went to four or five or six ALCSs and you went 0 for 6. You went to one. And yeah, you they got your asses handed to you. Yeah, I mean, they've made the playoffs uh, since the year 2000. I think it's like, you know, 10 or 12 times. And when you're, you know, you're, you're, you don't even advance past the first round of the playoffs. The except Florida for the Marlins one time. have a, how many World Series since they started? Two, 97 the Tampa and Bay Rays have gone to a World Series with half of your crappy budget. You know what I mean? So... It's just, he's a terrible owner and, you know, they're milking the MLB. It's, it's an ATM. And if I've said this before, if this was any other franchise, MLB would have gotten involved. This happened with the Dodgers and MLB made Frank McCourt sell the team and the next ownership group. What did they do? They hired the GM. They changed the front office. And now look at that team. That is the most stacked triple A, double A, single A system in MLB. Oh, and not only that, um, they are leading the National League 
They're at 75 and 33 right now. They have a five game lead, five and a half game lead on the Mets. As soon as that ownership group took over, they said, we're 100% in. Yeah. Their attendance went up. Yeah. They're five games clear of the Yankees, too. So they're the best in baseball, period. And you know what? They're going to make money. They're going to make more money being spending all that money on Mookie Betts, spending all that money on, you know, all of the free agents that they acquire. And a lot of the guys they have, they brought them up in their own system. You know, it's not like it's a team of of all free agency. You know, they're going to make more money because they're all in all the time. San Diego is going to make a bunch of money because they're all in. So right. can, can we invoke the uh, major league rule? You know, every time you win a game, we take off a piece of clothing. On oh, uh, John, oh, John Fisher? Oh, God. <laughs> You guys, or, or maybe it's the reverse. It'll be his face. When a game we put a we piece need to, it'll on, be, it'll yeah. be his, this is what John Fisher looks like, you know? Yeah. Like if John, I know what he looks like, but at the same time, if he was walking down the street, I wouldn't know it was him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Right. I've seen two pictures of him in my life. And right. one of them is he's in the jacket and he's kind of laughing and he's sitting in the chair in the stands. Like there's that one picture hat. with the, yeah, yeah, with the camo hat. And, and that's, and then I think there was one where he was like talking to people and that's it. Like I've, I, I, I barely know what the guy looks like and he's been owner, uh, owner of the team or co-owner in some form since 2005, I yeah. think. Yeah. Cause so, he, was I part, he was part of the ownership group with Lou Wolf. Yeah. Lou Wolf was John Fisher owned a majority, but Lou Wolf was the spokesman. You know, he was the, he was the day-to-day operations owner. Like Joe Lacob for the Warriors, he doesn't own 80% of the team. He owns a fraction of the team. He's just the guy that represents the day-to-day operations. He's the one that works on it every single day. Yeah, the but face of ownership. The, he's not the majority owner. He uh, He's part of a group that owns the Warriors, and he just represents their interests. So when payroll needs to go up and this and that, Lacob needs to – speak to the board and get their approval. It just so happens that, you know, they want, they win (laughs) and they had Steph Curry. They bought the team and they had Steph Curry. Um, I just want to point out too, that the the odds have gone up. I mean, the Dodgers are still favored. Uh, The Mets are still favored. The Astros are still favored. Um, But the, the odds have gone up for the Padres now since making their trade acquisition from 2200 to 1100 to win the world series. Okay. Is there 11 to one? Yep. And then um, I'm going to save the AL last, but the NL winners is the Padres have gone from a thousand to 500. So um, the biggest one to me and the one that doesn't make sense to me, and I tried looking at what they traded for and I don't understand it, but I mean, it's not a huge odd, but the AL winner odds for the Mariners have gone from 1800 to uh, 1400, which I'm a little impressed by that. that Who was that? The The Mariners. Mariners. I mean, they're, they're in the playoffs right now. They're the last team. Uh, they're the last uh, wild card team in. And wouldn't you know it? Uh, there's actually one, two, three, four teams that are five games or closer to them. Uh, the Guardians are two back. The White Sox are three back. The Red Sox are five back. And the Baltimore fucking Orioles out of nowhere, they're Impressive. only two games out of a playoff spot. That's something that nobody, including Baltimore fans, thought was possible. So. This is interesting, and especially after they traded away uh, Trey Mancini as well. 
it'll be interesting to see how the odds go down the end here. Um, I do have some stuff that I want to talk about, like golf related, but I'm going to tease right. that for next week. So we, we go, I'm gonna, I have some issues with, with live golf and it's more than, than just the Saudi Arabians running a, a golf tournament or a golf league. So, but I'll save that for next week. Ooh, our teaser. We got another I'll, one. I'll be at this. That, week. That's three teasers in the last four weeks. Ooh, this is fun. Wow. I like it. I like it. We just didn't do it last week, but um, we, yeah, this is fun, guys. All right. Um, so, so this means that like we're developing a bit instead of like, uh, you know, breaking news. We got to have like a dick tease. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> oh a, a little gentle tickle. Here we go. This is. I'll I'll save I got my a tip dick for next tease week. for you listeners. I'll save my tip for next week. Oh uh, yeah, saving uh, the tip. There we go. Uh, yeah. No, okay. no. Uh, we no. made it. Sp- but, yes. made Tim it, goes. Made it Tim sexy. goes. Tim goes. Why did I join this? Last week was ejaculate. This week is tips. I I don't know why I joined this. God, when man. Tim edits the YouTube channel uh, feed. Um, you know, he's going to have to edit a little dick tease image. So, yeah, <laughs> tips, tips, tips. you guys realize that I'm going to have to put particular images yeah. in the YouTube. No, no, like, you, thing just blur out the tip, blur out okay. the tip, but just leave the shaft. OK, all right. You know, moving like, like like Japanese style. All right. Is there anything else for the good of the order, gentlemen? Uh, I already nope. said my tip for next. You week. said your tip. OK, so let's. um Let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, you can visit <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, Let's my wrap God. This dick tease up. <laughs> All right. You can uh, visit us on social media, SVT Sports Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, questions and comments, send us an email, SVT Sports Pod at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs. Hashtag yes. Magnum condoms. <laughs> Please sponsor Magnum. us. Yeah. <laughs> I All could right, definitely you guys fit have- them. <laughs> oh, geez. You guys have a good night. I will catch you guys next week. Until next time. Until next time. Later.